We're continuing our series, Get in the Game, and as those who've been around for a while know, we're giving away an autograph by the coaching staff, K-State football, uh, each service, and so we have a, 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 a trivia question that we're going to ask, and I'm encouraging you, get your phones out, get ready for this, and, and uh, I'm going to ask a question in a moment. Now, here's the key. In order to get this, you have to have the correct answer. And you have to say whether you're online or in person and your full name. So those three things, doesn't matter the order, I'm not that picky, but you have to have all three things to be able to win the football. Now, um, the question is this, how many punts has K-State blocked so far this season? How many punts? So, in person, online, full name, and uh, correct answer. So, as we get ready to go into this uh, sermon, some of you are going, okay, what's the deal with football and, 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 and faith? How do you do that, Barry? Well, there are so many lessons that we can take right from the football field and we can apply to our faith. In that first week, we looked at something so simple that if you want to play in the game, you got to practice, you got to work hard, you got to learn, you got to give your all. And as a Christian, I mean, guys, gals, I mean, we're called to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, a follower of him, one who studies and finds himself approved and puts first God above all else. This is not an easy thing. It is a matter of practice in order to have the results that we're called to. If you're faithful in the small things, God is going to give you more blessing and responsibility. We, we go on to getting your head in the right place. We talk about making sure you're a part of a team because you are not designed to go it alone. You're designed to go with God and you're designed to go with others and call this, this thing called the body of Christ. I mean, whoever saw a one-man football team? It's not possible. And who would ever see a one-man or a one-woman church. That's, that's not how God designed you to be. You're, you're designed to be in the body, the army, the team, the church, as God called us to be. Now today, I want to talk to you about leaving nothing on the field. Oh, it's so important to leave nothing on the field. The coach would tell us, uh, hey, hey, don't quit. You know, we're, we're, you're not, you have to give your all. And as a follower of Christ, there's nothing more important than giving your all and going all the way to the end. Let me tell you about a classic clash. Back in 1982, one of the most memorable memories in football, Stanford with John Elway was playing cow. Stanford drove down in the final seconds of the game, and, and Elway gets them in position to kick the game-winning field goal. They go up with only four seconds left. Game over! So it appeared. And they kick off the ball to Cal. The band of Stanford runs onto the field going, yay! Because they've won the game, Right? Well, five lateral passes through the band doing nice pick plays for the team, basically. They get in the end zone and beat John Elway's team. You know, I want to challenge you to play the entire game. You can be up the whole game and still lose 
at the very end. You can have more talent. You can have more belief. You can have more understanding. You can have a better scheme. But if you don't finish the game, you can still lose at the end. Oh, it's important to play hard every day that God gives us on this earth. As a follower of Jesus Christ, he's called you to give all of your effort. Not some of your effort, but all of your effort. Each and every ball player understands what this looks like. It's every play. The coach would say, hey, play the whole one. Go all the way till the whistle blows. And Jesus kind of said it in his own way when he states in Matthew chapter 22, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Your heart, your soul, and your mind. Let me just kind of convey two quick thoughts that I want to draw on this. First of all, it's this idea of all your will. And I think that we get with all of our intellect a lot better than all of our will. Like, oh, yeah, I believe. I'm in. I'm in. And he's like, no, all your will. It's 100%. Are you completely sold out? It's your will being behind it, your whole mental. See, let me ask you to consider a question. I know most of you would consider yourself a believer in Jesus Christ, a follower of him. Can I ask whether you're really committed when it comes to your life to Jesus, not just your forgiveness to Jesus? Let me explain it this way. I think there are churches pews and chairs and whatever form of seating they have across the nation right now and around the world who have people sitting in them who are absolutely committed to the idea of being forgiven and they believe and they said, yes, here's my Sunday morning or at least some of my Sunday mornings, but when it comes to their lifestyle, when it comes to giving all of their heart, when it comes to saying I'm fully dedicated to him, they go, well, now that's a little bit radical. I mean, that's a little bit much. And they've never actually said I'm fully committed. They just were kind to get a get-out-of-hell-free card. All right, it looks like we got a winner. Who is it going to be, Taylor? Bailey Kinsley and online. Bailey Kinsley? you got to pick up the ball at the office or contact Taylor at the office, and she will get the ball to you. She knows I'm probably going to throw the ball to her. you got to go a little bit deeper now. Come on, Taylor. Go on out just a little bit further, a little bit further. Can you catch this now? Woo! Yeah, look at her hand. Ah. <laughs> uh, Hey, uh, I am, uh, I'm just so, I've had so much fun with this series, and I hope that you have as well, but I pray that you've been challenged along the way. See, you know, it's like I was even texting with my wife just about this recently. Love will cause you to do things that you would never do naturally. In fact, love demands that, and I think of how I treat my wife and things that I do to pursue her and how I love her. I, they are not natural for me, and they're not things I would have ever done if not being fully in love with her. And that's something I still have to work on because love continually exposes selfishness and weaknesses and 
and just how we want to just know this is who I am, and yet I'm not the person who I was because I'm in love. So let me ask you, when it comes to God, do you fully love and are you fully in? Are you, are you willing to give all your will to him and all your passion to him? I mean, these are two different points that I don't want you to miss. That I mean, one has to do with just your willpower, your mindset, your determination. And then there's this side of it's emotion. And some of you say, well, emotion. Some people are emotional and some people aren't. And I'm not. Kind of like me, I'm not emotional at all. I'm this cool, calm, collected guy that never really gets a high or low. Okay, that's a lie. Um, you know, here's the thing. Let me challenge you to think about this for just a moment. Because some of you, when I talk about passion or talk about emotion, are going to check out just naturally. Because you think it's not you. It's not how you're designed. It's not how God made you. God made you in the image of him. We all understand that, right? We're created in the image of God. He made every man, woman, and child in the image of God. Read the Bible. God is emotional up and down. He's also rational. He's also intellect. He's also all the different capacities. And so if you're in the image of God, you are an emotional creature just as you are a creature of intellect and of willpower and of all the other stuff. So God made you to be emotional. How you use that emotion is for good or bad. And now here's what happens is we get conformed and we get pushed down into a box and life does some things to change how God makes us. And then we say, see, this is how God made me. No, this is what life and pain and hurt has made you. I have parts in my life where I have emotion that is good and I have parts in my life that are not so good. And ways that I react and I have to fight and I have to say, no, I want to be formed in the image of God and I want to play with all my emotion, all my passion. I want to live for him, be who he's called me to be and not react as maybe the world would have me react. That can be high, that can be numb. That, see, we're all there. Be who God made you to be, not who the world made you to be. You know, you see two teams evenly matched on the football field and I'll see things happen where one team will outplay the other, though they, whether they're equally or maybe not as talented, but all of a sudden one team wins, and a lot of times the announcer will say, what? Man, they played with all their heart. Man, they played with grit. They finished it out. And so there's something about not just physical ability and mental knowledge, but emotion that shifts the needle of momentum often. You've seen the game. It's like yesterday. All of a sudden, I was like, oh, boy, the momentum has shifted. Oh, what's going to happen? It was third quarter, and Tech was going bonkers, and all of a sudden, K-State was on their heels. But then finally, all of a sudden, the, the, the needle ticked back the other way. Momentum, emotion, passion has such a way of turning one way or the other. And now here's the thing. That happens in your faith. That happens as a follower of Christ. That happens in your friendships. That happens in your marriage. Use this gift God gave you for good and don't use it for what God is trying to heal that Satan destroys. In your faith, if God does something amazing, celebrate it. In your faith, if, if God... Uh, 
changes a life, tell him thank you. Let yourself feel even the hurts as well, all of your passion. Because if you don't, when life gets ugly, when life gets rough, you quit the game. I want to challenge you to stay in the game. God wants you to stay in the game. You need your intellect in that. You need all your willpower in that, but you need your heart in it as well. Leave nothing on the field. You can't just allow yourself to be sidelined. You know, the Bible tells us about a group of Christians in Galatians chapter 5 who were running really well, and they got distracted. And he's like, you were running the race so well. Who's holds you back? What's held you back from following the truth? I mean, that happens in us all the time. And, and then we just get distracted. I want you to avoid distraction. There are so many things going on in society that could distract you right now in your life, that it could distract you in this community, that could distract you on the internet, that could distract you all around the world. There are things that can distract. And we all are more easily distracted than we want to admit. It's kind of, whoop, there's a bird. And then we lose what God was putting right in front of us. The Bible tells us this in Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by this huge crowd of witnesses of God Almighty, of those who've gone before, of the angels, of the Holy Spirit, to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips up. Now, before I go any further, did you notice it said, Let's strip off and get rid of everything that slows us down, including sin. In other words, there are non-sin things, good things, fine things in life that just are not as important as God things, and you got to look for what is it that's slowing you down, and especially the sin. So it's not just, okay, where am I really screwing up? Where am I doing bad? It's No, where am I pouring myself in that maybe I just shouldn't pour in so strongly? What is it that's slowing you down? And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Oh, choose not to be distracted. Turn to the person next to you and say, choose not to be distracted. Come on, right now, turn to somebody and tell them, choose not to be distracted. Oh, amen. It's so vital to, to stay focused on one thing, and that is the person of Christ. Not to allow everything to pull us this way and that way and it's kind of like when the receiver's going out and, and the ball's coming and they get distracted by the guy that's getting ready to hit them or they're worried about turning to run the ball before they catch the ball. We do that in faith all the time. Before we've even caught the ball, before we've even gotten the message from God, we're worried about where we're headed or we're worried about this over there or we're worried about this hurt in the past. Catch the truth that he's given you. Don't be distracted. Now, if you don't, it'll slowly chip away at your relationship with Christ, not only from discouragement or from uh, this distraction, but also from discouragement. Avoid discouragement. Turn to the person next to you and say, avoid discouragement. There you go. Avoid discouragement. This is so, I can just get down. As an emotional person, there are times when I see the hurt and the pain of those around me, and I see it in society. I can, I can see the frustration. I'll meet with a couple who's on the rocks, or I hear somebody, and, and I just go, oh. And I can just, oh, man, you can get discouraged. 
or you make a mistake and you try really hard all day long to do something right and, and then you flub up and you're like, oh, it's, I just quit. You know, the Bible tells us this. We do this. How do we stay engaged? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. We keep our eyes on, say it with me, Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. Because of the joy of seeing us come to Christ, the joy of seeing our salvation, our grace, our forgiveness, eternity, he endured the cross. Disregarding its shame, now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Oh, Satan uses so many tacks to say, you're not good enough. Oh, you can't change. This is the way it's always been. This is the way it'll always be. Do you realize? Hmm. You know, the difference between someone who's successful and not successful comes down to the one who just tells the liar to shut up sometimes. Yeah, let me put it this way. Let's take it to one of the football greats, Brett Favre. I mean, the dude was so incredible. I remember being in Mile High Stadium watching him. I'm like, we're going to win. And I was rooting for Denver at the time. And I was like, sorry for those who, I lived in Denver, okay, for out there for 15 years. And so I was all in favor. It was the first game. And it was against Brett Favre and his ridiculous arm. And, and we were winning the game. And all of a sudden, woof. And he throws this long bomb and they win at the last second. And I'm like, oh. He was known for that. You know, it was back in uh, 2007, September 30th, he broke Dan Marino's record for the most touchdown passes in football. Guess what? Two weeks later, he broke another one. He broke another a record in the NFL for the most interceptions. He still holds that one. You know, the difference between this guy who threw so many interceptions that he kept believing, I'm going to get a touchdown. He kept going, I'm going to get it. I'm, I'm going to get it. I'm and he just didn't quit. Let's give you another one from baseball, okay? Storm's version of football by his T-shirt, as you've seen. And, and, and Babe Ruth, I mean, the dude was known for hitting home run after home run after home run. 714 home runs. You know, a little known fact about him, he struck out 1,330 times. More strikeouts by far than he ever hit home runs. But he kept swinging. Could I ask you today, keep swinging. Keep throwing. Keep believing. Don't give up. Don't be discouraged. And don't allow yourself to get disillusioned. That's the next one. Don't be disillusioned. Don't allow your heart to go there. Because there are times you just go, why, 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 God? Why even try? I'm tired. I mean, it just I ain't mean, things seem to, I mean, I feel like I'm hitting my head against the wall and we can't see because we're so in the midst of it. And I'm talking to myself. I'm preaching to me now. It's hard to see the needle changing because I'm in the middle of it. I'm getting hit and I'm getting beat up just like you. I'm getting discouraged and I go through and God's moving the needle. God is changing the direction of the, the whole life. He's, he's doing so much, but but it's moving, and I can't see it because I'm so close to it. I don't know what's going on in your life, but sometimes you don't see all the good that he's done. 
you don't see all that he's doing in your favor and in your family and in your marriage and with your kids and in this world because you're, you're in the midst of the pain and you've allowed all the distractions to get there. Please, could I grab hold of your heart and let God grab a hold of it and let him speak into you? Don't quit. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, that next verse I want to go to, think of all the hostility that Jesus endured from sinful people. He set an example, so I'm not going to become weary. I'm not going to give up. You know, today, some of you are entering into your fourth quarter of whatever it might be. You could say, well, yeah, thanks for calling me old. I ain't... Others, it's the fourth quarter in your marriage where you're struggling and you feel like you just can't do it. And others, it's the fourth quarter of your schooling. And others, it's the fourth quarter of your health, whatever it might be. And, you know, there's something powerful about the fourth quarter for those who press on through. You know, it's like K-State is a hit fourth quarter playing tech yesterday. What did they do? A lot of the players, they, they hold up the fourth. It's like, Fourth quarter, we've trained for this. We've gone through this. We believe in the message. We're not going to quit. It's fourth quarter. This is the time when we don't quit, even if Oklahoma does, and they need to learn that lesson. And, and ah, Sorry, guys. We like Oklahoma, but we beat you. And, uh, and so, you know, fourth quarter, you don't quit. So spiritually... Come on, guys. Hey, I want to ask you, would you just all around on the couch at home, in the balcony, here on the, hold up your, hold up your four fingers. Just hold it up. Look around. You're not alone. You're around. See, see, the Bible says where two or three are gathered together and they're my name, that I am also. And so the Holy Spirit is here. The God Almighty is with you. He has not left you. It may feel the fourth quarter, but it's time to finish strong. It's time to press on. See, the Bible says in, in 2 Timothy, I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race, and I have remained faithful. Now, sometimes we think of, okay, I fought a fight. It's just kind of a bam, bam. No, the word here for fought in the Greek is actually that of a long-term agony that he's describing, that this is not a short fight. This is more of a marathon. You do not quit, even when it hurts, even when it gets discouraged. Please hold on. The consequences are so important. I know some of you are on the edge of wanting to give up, and others are, are going to keep going. It's your choice which way you go. And can I just give you two final sub-points here of, of just challenging you to not quit First of all, never give up. Say that with me. Never give up. Say it again. Never give up. One more time. Never give up. You've got to decide I'm not going to quit. There are times that I just have to self-talk to say it because I know what God has told me. I know the truth that the Holy Spirit has put in me. I know the word of God, and it says never give up. And so there are times that I just have to tell myself, never give up, Barry. He is faithful. Never give up. I don't know what's going on right now, but I know he is faithful. And I have to keep telling myself that over and over. It's a fundamental principle. The enemy may be big. The odds may seem impossible. But my God is faithful. The scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter 10, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted. Let me say that again. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Oh, the idea of perseverance is, is it means so much when you get discouraged. 
So let me ask you to never, never give up. And then key to this is never go alone. Say that with me. Never go alone. Come on, say this out loud. You at home too. One, two, three. Never go alone. And the balcony as well. One, two, three. Never go alone. See, too many people are like, okay, I'm not going to give up. Yeah, I know what the Bible says. I know what the preacher said. I'm not going to give up. Only to find themselves whooped and on the side and they can't handle it. It's the person who tries to go alone always is going to get beat up because you're not designed to go alone. If you don't lean into the presence of the Holy Spirit, doesn't matter whether you're the preacher, whether you're the person out here, doesn't matter whether you're Mother Teresa, if you walk alone without God's help, you're going to fail. If you try and walk through this world and, and you don't follow what God has called us to lean into his presence and to lean into the church body, if you don't lean into other believers, you're going to fail. So could I challenge you to say, okay, where is it in your life that, that you're going it alone, that you're not allowed God to speak into, or where is it in your life that you're trying to just handle it on your own and doing the same thing over and over and over and just not letting others come in and walk with you. You know, Colossians chapter 1, verses 28 and following, it says, So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God, perfect in relationship to Christ. That's why I work and I struggle so hard, depending on Christ's mighty power, that works within me. See, we tell others about Christ. We warn and teach them with all that God has given us so that we can present people to God perfect in their relationship. That's why we work. That's why we struggle. And we must depend on Christ's mighty power or we will fail. I want to end this in a little bit different way because we're coming to an end of a series. And while well, I've talked about passion, I've talked about emotion, I've had fun with football stories, we've laughed and we've joked and we've had a good time. I also know that there are those who are listening here and in the balcony and at home and maybe driving down the road and having a plane through their speakers right now who are hurting and they are kind of defeated. They do feel alone. They have become disillusioned. And they just need to come home. Maybe it's for the first time they need to come home to Christ. Maybe it's, it's time to just rededicate to that truth that you already knew that you fought. That you've allowed other things to sneak in and distract you. And you can't do this by willpower. You can only do this through submission. See, the only way I come to Christ is submit to him. The only way I find peace is submit to him. The only way I find strength is to let go of mine and to hold on to him. And, and so I'd like to end this not with a hype. I'd, I'd like to end this in a place of humility. And if you want to join me, you're welcome to do that, whether you're at home, whether you're here, whether you're in the balcony, main level, doesn't matter. So there are times that I just have to take a knee before my God and, and just say, God, I can't do this. 
and I just give this day to you. So if you want to join me, wherever you are, you're welcome to do that. Get out of your chair and just kneel right where you are. You don't need to move anywhere. I'm going to say a prayer, and if you'd like to dedicate your life again to Christ or, or just ask for his healing on a hurt, I ask that you join me. God, there are times that we're just broken and we need you so desperately. And God, I come before you as your child and there, there's much that has broken my heart in society, in our world. And Lord, I ask in the name above all names that you raise my heart, that you raise our heart out of this world, out of the slum, out of the darkness, out of the hurt, and that we'd put it on you and you alone. God, I, I turn to you and I'm crying out for your help. And so God, I, I know that I am weak. And so I'm asking for your strength. I know that I lack peace. And so I'm asking for your peace to pass all understanding and to quiet my heart. God, I, I know that I'm selfish and so I pray for forgiveness and grace right now. My hope is in the cross. It's in you and you alone. And so, Lord, I come before you with other brothers and sisters, and we're spread out, distance, and we're one in you. Have your way in our hearts and our lives. Heal our brokenness and our weakness. Forgive our sins. May your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God has more for you than what you know. If you will but respond. And it will require humility but would you respond? Because he loves you and he has good plans for you, my friend. He does.